Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're listening to the best of Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mark, uh, the reason for little hungry eyes? I don't know. I heard it on the way in and I was like, oh, play that again. Maybe like it's a... the hell of it. It's just from Dirty Dancing. Yes. A movie I've never seen, but that, that song's... Let me crazy. tell you, that movie came out my freshman year of high school and like suddenly like it was like the big... Everybody thought it was the coolest thing ever. I did like Jennifer Grey, though. I, I thought she was very underrated. Might because I was like 15 years old, but <laughs> I was trying to think. I was thinking more along those lines, but I was like, "Is Mark hungry for like the NFL schedule?" Yeah, uh, that too. Sure. I was confused on that. Uh, Mark, the, you the said Monday night game intrigues me. Okay, we've got the Monday night opener, and no surprise here. Mark, you want to give us that matchup? Uh, Aaron Rodgers' debut with the Jets in New York. Uh, Bills at Jets. Pretty good game. That was the, the first Sunday night game I, I could do without. Giants a, Cowboys. But... I'm I'm ninety nine point nine percent certain that I'm correct in this. Bills at Jets was the matchup of what kind of landmark event for the NFL? Hmm. Well, kind of landmarks. Bills, Bills and Jets play every year. So landmarks I, I kind of extreme. Correct, but there was a Bills Jets game, which otherwise would have been a complete throwout game. Uh, I'm going to guess this was six years ago. Oh, boy, six years. I'm 99.999% certain that I'm correct on this. The Bills and Jets played on a Thursday night football game that was the first game that the NFL facilitated for it to be streamed live on Twitter. Hmm. And that was the first streaming NFL game as the precursor for the next year when they started doing, of course, eventually becoming, you know, going to Amazon. Yeah, and Amazon, I think, was pretty unhappy with their slate last year, so I guess the Thursday night slate going to look a whole lot different. And again, you are not guaranteed to have a Thursday night game. That is no longer um, the case with how the NFL schedule uh, makers, or I guess how the league has decided to um, go about the 2023 season. So Mark, the primetime games in week one, it'll be Chiefs-Lions, right, to kick off the season. That'll Mm -hmm. be Thursday night football. You said Sunday night is your typical, I mean, this is your ultimate brand and market. Giants-Cowboys? I don't have the patience to jack with you today. And I guess to be fair, both of those teams did make the playoffs last season. Yeah. Uh, and then the Monday night matchup will be, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that would be a September 11th anniversary. Correct. Uh, that will be Jets and Bills in New York. Yep. For that one. So that's a pretty good three-game slate right there. And the Chiefs have made it official, so the Lions-Chiefs is official. It's not a, it's not a leak or a fake out. The Chiefs are we, have tweeted that's the, the fact, the, the, the home opener of the season. Are we doing the doubleheader on Monday night still? I don't know. I, I, Berman comes out of the woodwork for the 10 p.m. game or something like that, or Steve yeah. Levy. Greenberg does a game or something. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen. I don't. They did that a couple years, and then they kind of got away from it last year. And I don't know if they're going back to it or not. But I always thought Levy AFC was okay. West. Yeah, I think he, he does a decent job. Is right? he still pretty prominent on hockey? Yeah, he does. John McDonough is the main, doing, right? Doing a lot of the NHL postseason. He's very good. Yeah. 
Uh, Tom goes, I'm already tired of the Jets, and the season hasn't even started yet. Yeah, I preach. Tom, get used to it. I mean, the Jets, when they remember the Tebow, like, I mean, that one year, I'm telling you, it was the weirdest thing. I mean, I was tired of them when they had Mark Sanchez. Every 10 minutes was like, back out live out of Jets camp. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. And what's strange about that is the Giants have been a good franchise and at times an elite franchise, and and it's the same market. And I don't remember at any point, like when Eli Manning was there and they were even the defending Super Bowl champs. Is that our Manning the, bias? Like, national love about the Giants, though. Do you? Like, I don't ever remember ESPN being like, more on the Giants. Now let's go out to Giants camp for the latest on Eli Manning. But whenever the Jets have seemingly a marketable player, not seemingly, but it's like, holy cow, all in. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Jets just attract more drama. And the Jets also. What are you doing in here, cutie? Watching football. Who do you want to win? The damn Jets. Heck yeah. As Fireman Ed as a baby. That's what people don't realize <laughs> about that clip. Uh, you guys want to throw out a guess for the Colts opener? You don't know this yet, right? I do not. I've liked the idea of Colts at Panthers. I like the Frank Reich. I like the Bryce Young. I like the I, potential of Anthony Richardson. I've also thought Colts at Panthers would be a sneaky Thursday night matchup. That's where I'm kind of leaning, where I think that would be more of a... that. That's one where people are like, oh, that, that's an interesting yeah. primetime possibility. Nice twist, you know, yeah. in week nine or something. So I would probably sh- I would probably steer away from that one. Excuse me? I got nervous I was there for shy a away, but I said steer away. That's okay. fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jake, any guesses, the opener? I will go with... I think Jacksonville showed we don't. Jacksonville's not been confirmed yet, right? Jacksonville for the opener. (laughs) No, I I think Jacksonville last year became kind of on the radar enough that they might be put up with a bigger match. You know, like I could see Jacksonville opening with. Um, do we know Cincinnati's opponent yet? No. Well, Cincinnati, or yeah, I mean, they both finished last season one in the division, right? And And that was who eliminated Jacksonville, right? So I could see. But I will say that the Colts open up with. Yeah, I actually I think it's going to be Jacksonville. I'll say Jacksonville here. I'll say Texans. That was last year. I know in in, in Houston. Uh, Patrick points out. Yeah, I mean hard to put the Panthers game week one unless you're confident Richardson is the week one starter. Uh, you know, to the Amazon point, that would be more of a you get into the season. Can you bank on both of the rookies being the starters? Can the Colts will play the AFC North, the NFC South? And their crossover games will be New England and Foxborough. Well, New England and Foxborough of Germany, I should say. Uh, New England and Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, they will play the Raiders at home. It's the sixth straight year they will play the Raiders. Uh, and then their extra game this season. Two years ago is the Bucks at home. Last year was at Minnesota. That 17th game, the extra one, will be Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup and company. Coming to Lucas Oil Stadium. That probably just off fanfare is probably the best home game, right? Just strictly off of name recognition? Rams at home? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, mean I mean, what's better as a home team? The problem is the Rams just feel like they've fallen off a cliff, right? Yeah, but I mean, Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald are two of the best players in football. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. And, um, you know, McVay and Stafford, at least their names. I just can't get, like, Cleveland at home, Pittsburgh at home. Pittsburgh at home will have a huge, as we know, I mean, that, that'll that sell a lot of tickets, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the NFC South home opponents are Saints and is it Bucks? Yeah. By the way, I grew up a, at Tampa. I grew no, up a Steelers fan at Lucas Oil. In my childhood, before the Colts came here, in notably, I was a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And there's a little bit of like nostalgia for me about the Steelers when I see the helmet. I still think of like my my early childhood. But are the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base is that the St. Louis Cardinals of the NFL? Like, if you don't know that the Steelers are the best fan base, just meet one and wait 30 seconds and they'll tell you. Oh, really? I, I haven't gotten that vibe. I, I think... I, I they're, they're extremely passionate. I don't and, mean that they're smug like that, but they definitely are like, you know, Steeler Nation. I mean, we just don't do that kind of thing. We don't put up with that kind of thing. We don't, you know... Our, our organization is classier. We, we've only had two head coaches in 65 years. And uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, our, we're family-owned business and we, we, we expect character. And, okay. Yeah, you hate to say it, but they can back it up. No, I and I, mean, I, I think it's a great organization for sure. I mean, I think one of the wildest stats in NFL history is what season is this for Mike Tomlin? Is it 17, 18 years? Yeah. And he's never had a losing season? It is amazing. Never had a losing season in a professional league that defines parity more than any other. And I, I think I have told the story that when I worked at Channel 6, I covered a Steelers-Colts game in Pittsburgh. And after the game, we were in the satellite truck editing and you know feverishly editing, and there's a pounding on the door. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And it was Steelers fans, and literally they're like, "Hey, just want to tell you guys, you know, be safe getting home. Do you guys, you guys heading back tonight? You know, how do you, do you make sure you know how to get out of here?" They like could not have been more. No. Now they they also won the game. That probably helped, but very hospitable. By the way, I also got a text message yesterday. I wanted to share. Uh, did you see, Kevin, the story about or hear? I should say, the story about Anthony Richardson that. Chris Ballard shared. Uh, I, don't, I received I don't know. this text yesterday. Hey, Jake, I went to the Indiana Sports Corps luncheon on Tuesday, and Chris Ballard was the speaker. He told a story about Anthony Richardson and the NFL's rookie orientation program. Troy Vincent of the NFL called Ballard after the draft to tell him what an impact Anthony Richardson had left on him at the orientation program. Specifically, after the dinner attended by all potential draftees, the room was left a mess. Everyone was leaving, and Troy Vincent saw one person who stayed behind and was bussing tables before the staff came back into the room. Vincent walked walked up and approached him and said, you don't need to do this, to which Anthony Richardson responded, we left this room in an unacceptable condition, and it's not right for us to expect the staff to clean it all up. Vincent said that Richardson told him that he was free to go, to which Richardson basically said, no, it's all right, I'd like to stay and help, and he did until the room was cleaned up entirely, and he was the last person working along with Hmm. the workers at the shift. That's a cool, that's a cool story. Very cool. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of embellishment to that, I don't know, but that's a pretty cool story. I I just feel like him, again, and Benedict Mathen, I just feel like, Jake, they are both wired in a very similar manner to what you want. And I think, and I commend Chris Ballard for this. I think Chris Ballard, I love this approach, mentality, and strategy, which was if all four of these quarterbacks have flaws, then let's pick the one with the most upside and that's a character that has the character that we like. And that's what they went with. Again, you hire Shane Second for a reason. And. 
it's take the biggest swing in an AFC that is absolutely littered with great quarterbacks and young quarterbacks. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I just got to thinking about this, Kevin. Perhaps this music put me in the mood. If, in fact, as has been reported, the Colts are only going to receive about 600 tickets for their game in Frankfurt, Germany, and that would be for player allocation, staff, etc. And, you know, a lot of people are asking, like, can you buy tickets to that game on StubHub if it's international? That's a really good question. I have no idea. I don't know if Bullseye Event Group, for example, will be putting together fan packages. Um, this seems to be, this seems to be, Kevin, the perfect, 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 perfect opportunity for a Colts massive viewing party at the Rathskeller. Oh, yeah. I saw Greg, Greg Rakeshaw. I was tweeting about that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. PBR party. Oh, oh, sorry. I sneezed. <laughs> Is PBR available at the Rathskeller? Seem to have a, you know, more of a German flair to their beverages <laughs> David Hasselhoff serenading us right now he's for, huge over there right he's huge he was there for the Berlin Wall coming down for a split second there I thought that was Matt Taylor it was a very brief second there uh, Matt Matt Taylor uh, Germany bound you ever been never been to Germany uh, but I did take four years in high school so I did you really? I did. I did. Uh, I got I was a straight A. Uh, Jake, you'll appreciate this. Every every quarter in high school, my German class. So four times a year, we had to do a German project, and it didn't matter what it was. And every year, I would do Don Fisher interviewing IU basketball players in German. <laughs> Uwe, Uwe Blop every time, obviously, right? <laughs> now well, it, was, it was whoever was on the team at the time. So a lot of like DJ Whites and uh, oh gosh, he was back in the 
early 2000s. Like probably Robert Vaden or somebody like that. Marshall yeah, Strickland. There you go. You know yeah. the um, the that problem is so good, Matt. Dude. With, with and the you know with now with the dollar to euro transfer, each quarter that you did that was actually only two dimes. But you know that's cool. Um, <laughs> Jeez, Mark, the, play the audio. Excuse me. Oh, was, was I what? I don't. I don't. I disagree. Um, I'm curious about this, Matt. Sucked. Come on. I'm curious about this. If you took four years of German in high school, and how long? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming that you did not then go into a situation where you were having to use German a lot, although that is super cool and commendable. How much of it do you retain? How much of it do you remember? Yeah, no, like like I said, not not a lot because it was you know going on 20 years ago. Um, I, I think like. I'll put it this way. Like, if I had to order something off a menu or if I needed directions, I could probably get around. Um, but, yeah, not not a ton. Not a ton. I, but I will say, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going, and I'm looking forward to, to being there. And I'm sure once I hear people talking and I hear people using, you know, adjectives and verbs and nouns, I'm sure it's all going to come flooding back to me a little bit. It was... It was a good. It was, it's an easy language to learn. Let's put it that way. Like that's why I took it because it's it's a lot like English, and it's it's simpler than English in terms of sentence structure and nouns and pronouns and things like that. I mean, people don't love the language because it's not a very you know it's not like French where it just rolls off the tongue and everything sounds so sophisticated and sexy but it's it's an easy language to learn and it's a it's a good culture from what i remember in terms of studying it Matt, I know logistically, and Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, with us here on the Pale Stickers Hotline. You know, going overseas is quite the ordeal, and it's quite the ordeal for you guys from a radio crew standpoint. And there's a whole lot of hurdles to clear, and and knowing what the stadium's going to look like, and all of those things. I, you and I, spent a lot of time over in London when the Colts played in 2016. I had a blast. I thought it was outstanding. I really enjoyed the experience, the energy level. I thought Gus Bradley's answer yesterday about playing overseas was pretty cool. Of yeah, you do. Have have this like man that's a taxing and that's a big trip and that's a long trip once you're over there though the energy level is awesome um so i think this is pretty cool and i know the colts haven't done it in you know seven or eight years the fact that it's frankfurt's a little bit new and mm-hmm. and um I, I, I think it's gonna be a fun time yeah i do too I, I remember that london trip i mean you're exactly right once you were there and you got your drilling going a little bit and you were able to kind of get off of the uh weird time zone body acclimation it's just it's a blast it really was i mean uh, playing there in london with ninety thousand people um that was just really really i mean just kind of i was on the sidelines uh at that point just looking up at the the, the massiveness of the stadium and all of the people and the the stands just went up and up and up seemingly forever so really really cool experience and i'm hoping that you know this experience is is similar to that probably a longer trip um you know some logistics and hurdles that we're going to have to work through you know believe it or not that was seven years ago and in seven years technology has really changed so i think maybe that might be a little bit easier for us because hopefully we don't have to travel as much and things like that i mean I'm, i'm boring the audience with that kind of stuff but um yeah really looking forward to it and sounds like it's an intimate stadium not a huge stadium so you know it's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of energy there's going to be a lot of fans it's going to be loud and just a really cool environment that uh, i'm really looking forward to and you know i I don't know when in my lifetime i would take a trip to germany so to be able to kind of have this a part of the Colts schedule and and do uh, two birds with one stone is i'm I'm really fortunate in that regard matt in terms of the 
And we'll obviously, I'll probably only ask you this 37 times over the course of that, that week leading up to that, but is there any concern, lack of a better phrase, that a game like that can cause a team or a roster to, because it is super cool and it's so unique to go over to a place like Germany. I know that they have a job to do, but it feels like a field trip. It feels like the when you're at school and then all of a sudden you get to take the day to go to the children's museum and sure you're learning and you're doing the same things and you're with your class and you're with your teachers, but it feels more free. Is there any chance that from a playing standpoint, how big a challenge is that for the organization to let the players know this is still a business trip and it's fun for our fans, but for us, it is a game. I think it's hard to balance all of that. I think you bring up a good point because at the end of the day, it's it's still a football game and it's still going to count, you know, one one seventeenth of of the season. So all of these NFL games have huge ramifications in terms of who makes the playoffs, just because of the scarcity of the number of games on the schedule. But you know, you you do want to give the players, you know, some some time to take in and experience the culture and you know, go out and about and, you know, talk to fans and maybe go to, you know, a restaurant or, you know, go downtown Frankfurt to experience that because, again, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a lot of these guys. And But I just remember, Kevin, you can speak to this too. It's such a business trip because, I mean, you're flying to London back in 2016 and you leave at what did we leave at 6 p.m. on a Thursday and we mm-hmm. landed at 7 a.m. on a Friday um, in London and then like straight body, to the practice field pretty yeah, much your, your body's all out of whack and then you know to get guys back in motion you know the Colts went to wherever they stayed outside of London in a suburb and went straight to practice I mean there's just a lot that goes into that and logistics and and figuring out what's best for your body, what's best for your nutrition, what's best logistically in terms of the planes and the buses and the accommodations. Um, It's just really a headache for, uh, you know, the operations people, but they knock it out of the park and and they study these things and, you know, they take the analytics into account in terms of who's had success doing what, uh, you know, with with teams that have played internationally before. Um, But again, you know, you only have one sample size, one game of a sample size of teams that played in Germany and experienced that, you know, 10, 11 hour flight or whatever. And that was Munich, you know, that, that, so I think I'll just add that. I mean, you know, the Colts went over to London. The first international game was what, 2007. So Mm -hmm. I think you had had nine years of, you know, NFL teams that could share things with you or the league could say, okay, these are the sites that teams have gone to. Frankfurt's a little different. Dolphins yeah. Chiefs will go over there the week before, and that's mm-hmm. the only game. So I think you know, that'll be a that'll be a twist. If for you it. don't like Frankfurt, you could do, you're only a half an hour from Lafayette. You just go over there and you know go to Triple yeah. X. In my opinion, that sucks. What? Come on, Mark. Come on. You can get a hot dog in Frankfurt, right? <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's fighting exactly Brandon right. Frankfurt, that's exactly uh, Frankfurt right. hot dogs there. Uh, Matt Taylor's with us, voice of the Colts tonight. The full schedule release at eight o'clock. Matt, I think a couple things jump out at. Off the page, I guess, if you will, at this schedule, or at least the opponents that we know, it is pretty interesting in the fact that we talk about the AFC, in my opinion, in such a rare quarterback light. We haven't seen the conference like this with great players and great young quarterbacks. Yet, I look at the Colts' home schedule and the eight quarterbacks that will come to Lucas Oil Stadium, and again, this is on paper, 
but it's kind of a nondescript group, or at least not the group I would have expected when you consider what the AFC looks like right now, compared to last year, of course, when you had Mahomes, Herbert, yeah. and Hurts all yeah. play in your own own stadium. Yeah, no, that, that, that jumps off the page. Another thing that jumps off the page for me is just the fact that you know, again, if you go back to last year, and I know it's not the end-all, be-all, but the Colts, they only play five games next season against playoff teams, and, and one of those teams is the, are, are the Jaguars, so you're going to play them twice. Um, another thing is the Colts, again, on paper, they've got the fourth easiest schedule this year based on winning percentage of their opponents from last year and 12 games against teams that finished under 500. So, you look at that and you say, okay, well, that probably equates to a lot of 1 o'clock games considering the Colts were one of those teams that finished poorly last year, and that's probably so. Um, but I will say, too, like, I really don't think that matters. Like, I, I really don't. I, I don't think you can look at the schedule and say this is easy or this is hard because there's just so much fluctuation year to year with roster changeover and quarterbacks moving around and uh, you know different uh, coaches uh, and, and staffs you know filling out rosters so it, it, it's just crazy because if you look at last year I mean all of these games come down to the fourth quarter all of these games come down to one possession games the average margin of victory in a game last year, across the board in the NFL for the 2022 season was 9.7 points. So that was the league's lowest for a full season in terms of margin of victory since 1932. Okay, they set an, uh, the NFL set a single season record for most games decided by eight or fewer points, or in other words, one score, with 156 games. And the Colts were one of those teams last year that played a bunch of one score games, right? They lost six games by seven points or less, including three uh, games by just one point. So it, it really is, it sounds cliche, but it's like if the Colts are much better in terms of red zone offense and red zone defense, and they're not just towards the, I mean, I think they were the last team in the NFL in terms of turnover margin, 32nd in terms of giveaway takeaway. So, I mean, what I'm saying is if you clean up all of these little areas, you know, you win a lot more games next year because all of these games are so close, and the Colts being bad in those situational football categories, they're still in games. So if they can clean up those areas, I, I think you're going to see a much better team um, because all of these games come down to the wire. They're all within seven points. That's just the parity of the NFL. So I don't put a whole lot of stock in the fact that, yeah, on paper the Colts have an easy schedule. Well, this is the NFL. Everybody's pretty pretty darn good. Matt, by the time we get to Frankfurt, I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but you know, I don't know that anybody knows, and it would be certainly unfair to expect that you would know or to ask you to illuminate if you know when Anthony Richardson's going to start. Nobody knows that. I, hell, Anthony Chris Ballard doesn't know that. You know what I mean? But by the time we get to November, how different a style of play do you think it is possible that we're going to see out of the Indianapolis Colts than what we were accustomed to the last couple of years? And I don't mean in competitiveness. I mean an actual overall style. Mm-hmm. Like schematics? you know. Yeah, because by then, yeah. you, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to shift towards, one would assume by then they're going to be like all the immersions going to be in, right? I think you're, I mean, I think you're spot on. I mean, in this market especially, we're just used to 
Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and then Philip Rivers for a season and last year with with Matt Ryan these are not the most mobile quarterbacks I mean Andrew Luck certainly had more mobility than the other guys but for the most part he was a pocket passer and a guy that wanted to you know take chunk plays and things like that and I think Jim Irsay when he spoke uh, on day three of the draft, while the draft was going on, when he said, you know, those those days might be in the rearview mirror with you know players like Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, and I, I think he's right. I think this is where the league is going, and I think in some regards, in a, in a high regard, this is where the league already is. You know, with with guys like Anthony Richardson and Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, guys that aren't exclusively runners, but they can make a lot of things happen off schedule out of the pocket. Um, so I, I do think Anthony Richardson, and this is just me talking, right, no insider information at all, just my personal belief. I agree with you, Jake. I think Richardson will be the starting quarterback by the time the Colts play the Patriots in Germany. And I, I think the Colts are going to hopefully be able to allow him to survive early with a couple of NFL concepts where he can thrive and think fast and deliver the football on time, but he's going to have to survive early on the trait that has gotten him here, and that's his athleticism and that's his dynamic playmaking ability, and we'll see kind of where he's at in that progression towards the middle of November, but I, I do think that you're going to see him um, you know, getting cheers from, from the, the Frankfurt you know, fandom, if you will, uh, when he's out there as the starting quarterback for the Colts. By that point, I'm, I just have a gut feeling that he'll he'll be the, the QB one for this team. Okay, Matt Taylor's with us, voice of the Colts. Matt, a couple of um, maybe non non real headline grabbers here to finish. Uh, what do you know about the Butler kid on the roster? Yeah, Ty- Tyler Adams, interesting guy. Did some digging on him over the weekend. Transferred from Harvard, uh, started at Harvard, then took a year off to get his academics in order. Um, that was 2019. Then in 2020, COVID hit. Ivy League didn't play. So he, he basically went two full years without playing football. Came back in 2021 at Harvard and tore his ACL twice in the same year. Um, tried to get that Ivy League fifth year of eligibility extension. That's that's a really rare thing for the Ivy League to do for athletes. Uh, even two ACL tears in the same season or the same calendar year wasn't going to do it. So he wanted to continue to play football, wanted to have this outside chance of uh, living out his NFL journey. And so transferred to Butler. Butler took a chance on him. They had a first-year head coach last year. They needed veteran players. So that marriage was perfect for him. Had a really good year at Butler. Um, went back to Harvard. Uh, participated in their pro day. Blew it out of the water at their pro day. Uh, that's when he started getting on the radar of some of these NFL teams. Got invited to the Colts um, pro day, uh, local pro day, back in early April. And impressed there. Got an invite to the Colts tryout rookie minicamp and, and really impressed last weekend, uh, you know, catching passes from Anthony Richardson. And here he is as an undrafted free agent for the Colts. Now, even with that, right, nothing's promised, nothing's guaranteed, still has to make the roster. It's going to be tough to make the roster at the wide receiver position. But really, really interesting guy, 
smart guy, obviously, starting at Harvard, then going to Butler, because you have to meet both academic standards to play football at both of those places. Um, so really interesting story. And uh, Rodney Thomas actually yesterday said that he, he did play one year against him at Yale when that Yale-Harvard matchup back in 2018. Um, so kind of that under-the-radar guy or maybe that uh, undrafted free agent diamond in the rough to keep an eye out for as the Colts start OTAs and progress into minicamp later on this summer. So we're up against it, but uh, I can't ask you about the next one, but when they hired a guy yesterday who on his resume said he was an advanced statistic analyst for the Duke wrestling team back in 2019... I was very interested. So maybe next time we can talk yeah. more about the new game manager, Charlie Gelman, on staff. Yes. Just say smart. Just a smart yeah. guy. Smart right? dude. Yeah. The Big yep. Data Bowl uh, award was also <laughs> on his resume. Mate, uh, enjoy the schedule, Elise, and I appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah. My pleasure, guy. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Anytime. Scott Agnes joining us here in a few. Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, around 9.30. We'll chat about the Colts heading to Frankfurt. Any other kind of scheduling tidbits on his end? So we haven't talked about the Colts. They actually have a player from Butler on their team right now. Um, that is literally Butler here. Um so, yeah, the Butler Bowl has produced a Colt. Uh, had a really nice rookie minicamp over the weekend and is now on the team's 90-man roster. So, uh, I think if you combine Indiana and Purdue, uh, nobody from those schools on the Colts roster, but a Butler product. So, we'll chat with Matt Taylor about that here in a few minutes. Does that – they did not have – when you say on the roster, nobody brought in yet in terms of camp, right? Like camp invites? Well, we're – we're at 90 now. 91, technically. There's a roster right. exemption, so well, obviously the, you can cut and maneuver the roster how you wish between now and the start of training camp, but uh, for the first time all offseason, this roster is at that 90-man limit. And the I know that you guys talked about this yesterday, but I think it's an interesting point to, to say again. 
the international player that they have does not count on the the cap, so to speak, right? Yeah, it doesn't count on the roster either. Marcel Dabo is his name. Um, the NFL a few years ago adopted this where. Um, one division in the AFC, one division in the NFC would get an international player put on their roster for, I believe it's a two-year kind of experience, two-year trial, if you will, and it doesn't count against your team. He was on the practice squad last year, a very athletic defensive back, um, a guy that was participating in the rookie mini camp. So, you know, we'll see if he can make the team and what that would look like, but boy, he's got to be a guy that if you needed any more extra motivation. I'll have to look at what, where exactly he's from. Um, again, Bernard Ryman's going to join us tomorrow at 8.30 from Austria to talk more about this. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to look up where uh, where Dabo is from. Rootlingen? Am I saying that right? Did he play... I'm looking here. Uh, did he play collegiately at all in the U.S.? No. Okay. No. He did have a... High jump of 40.5 inches at an international combine workout. Two hours and 53 minutes. That's where they're saying his hometown is from Frankfurt. All right, let's uh, get into the Pacers conversation. Scott Agnes joins us now. We got the lottery coming up on Tuesday night. Um, So, Scott, obviously the seventh pick, and if that gets into the top four or potentially number one, that's the big news. Um, But also, won't their second-round pick get decided based off the lottery as well that early second rounder i should say yeah that's absolutely right the the team that the pacers will be watching is houston do they keep their second round pick um and have the 32nd pick because uh then it goes to the pacers and it gets a lot more interesting if not the pacers get picked 50 from the miami heat as part of a, a long complicated deal so those are the two things to watch scott i want to begin kevin and i were talking about this earlier a player that I like, I mean, I love this guy's game is Jalen Brown. And I think there's probably some gamesmanship with Jalen Brown and the Celtics in terms of Supermax deal and Jalen Brown's, you know, where he'd like to stay or does he want to go on, you know, whatever it might be. If Boston crunches the numbers from a, a cap standpoint and knowing Jason Tatum is there as well determines that Jalen Brown is not a player that they want to retain. I think it would be outrageously expensive to get him, but am I correct in saying that he is a player early in his career that there was at least rumor that Indiana was a potential suitor for in terms of an early career trade with Jalen Brown? So first of all, uh, we we learned yesterday, and by the way, congrats, Jake. That was awesome yesterday. Thank you. Um, we learned that the, the all-NBA teams were out. John Morant did not make it, um, but Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum did, means, which makes them both eligible for, for their, their max here. And so that's what Jalen's going to want. That's what Jalen's probably going to get. But you do hear a little bit of posturing, and a little bit of, yeah, maybe it's some kind of negotiation. I would be surprised if Boston does not give it to him. Um, and we go from there. And in, in terms of connecting Jalen to the Pacers, nothing that I can think of that I'm aware of. Um, there was that Miles Turner potential deal to Boston that Danny Ainge didn't like that was centered around Gordon Hayward. Um, but I can't remember anything specifically about Jalen Brown. I thought for sure he was one of the names. And I think it was Turner. It was like 
wasn't it right before like the 17 draft or during the 17? I just remember on draft night there were there was rumor that he was in a a potential trade. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. yeah, who knows? But my point, I will say. He is the perfect player for what Indiana – I mean, he's an elite oh, talent. Sure. But it, the, yeah. but that style of play is exactly what they could use. But, I mean, the price tag for him is going to be outrageous, right? Well, beyond that, you'd have to trade for him or, or sign, and sign him outright, right? And so, it, I mean, if he would leave Boston, it'd be for his max elsewhere. Um, which is obviously not the same um, in terms of years and, and money as it is in Boston. So, um, I mean, I, I see no reason why the Pacers wouldn't be willing to do that, considering that's their need. That's what they've needed for five-plus years here. But I just don't see it happening. And, and I guess Scott, and again, Scott Agnes, Fieldhouse Files, he's actually going to be in uh, noon to three today. I'm seeing catch here on the station. Financially, the, the Pacers could make something work like this, correct? Because I'm... Curious with the Tyrese Halliburton extension that's likely, I, I assume, going to come this summer. Obviously, the cap is going to look a little bit different for the Pacers here in the next couple of years, but they can make something like this work, correct? If they were to try and pursue a Jalen Brown. Yeah, uh, right now they have roughly, I want to say, twenty-five to twenty-eight million dollars in cap space for this year. Um, you got a couple guys, like you said, that are going to need contract extensions, specifically Tyrese Halliburton, after this next season. You could agree to it this year, um, but it wouldn't even then kick in until the, the following year. That, that's one area for sure. They have all kinds of flexibility, and even if they don't have the exact number of what it would take per year, they could get there pretty quickly because of their roster flexibility and guys not really on long-term contracts. Again, Miles Turner only re-signing for two years, not a you know four- or five-year type extension. So, um, that that would not be a problem. They're one of the few teams with cap space. And also the other thing to keep in mind is, and this is why you saw Miles only re-sign for it two more additional years, is we're going to see the salary cap, or at least everyone is expecting for it to pop again with this new TV deal that has not yet been agreed upon or, or reached. Um, you're going to, I think, see you know a, a $15 million salary feel more like six maybe four teams down the road. So, um, you know, it, it's not going to be too long when you're going to have the top, best of the best making $60 million per year and you don't even blink an eye about it. And Scott Agnes with us here from Fieldhouse Files. Scott, uh, looking to next week, uh, again, the lottery on Tuesday. Uh, mm-hmm. The combine starts just a couple days after that, right, up in Chicago? The, the stuff we all see does, yes, that on-court okay. stuff, the testing. Technically, it starts this weekend um, with meetings with players, and there's a G League uh, camp and all of that. But the primary stuff, the testing, the on-court drills, um, players meeting with teams, that all be- gets started in earnest basically Wednesday to Friday. Obviously, the NFL Combine, probably being in our own backyard, we just naturally pay more attention to it. But it is a big Mm -hmm. deal. I mean, it it certainly is something that the Colts have made it very public how much they believe in. I'm curious from an NBA standpoint, I know it's not the same, and getting guys to play five-on-five at the Combine is is probably wishful thinking. But when you talk about the local guys, Scott, like Jalen Huchofino, Trace Jackson Davis, Zach Eady, they probably are in three different tiers of this draft, and we'll see if Eady ends up um, keeping his name in the draft. But like, what is next week like for them in terms of you know repositioning themselves potentially in this draft? 
Yeah, I would agree. They do seem to be somewhat in three different tiers here. So what they'll do is, one, they'll be working out presumably with with their agency. You know, they all kind of work out as a group, each of whom, uh, you know, Jalen's with CAA, um, Trace's with XL. Um, so they'll get workouts in during the day. Some of the agencies will have pro days out there um, and invite those are obviously closed off except for team and maybe some select media so there's there's some of those pro days that go on out there um, there's a lot of meetings some of the best stuff probably much like the NFL scouting combine is just being in the hotel lobby at 10 a.m. with a coffee and seeing who passed by and running into somebody and watching uh, what takes place there but uh, for Trace I remember you know this could be a huge uh, time in terms of metrics in terms of numbers agility drills what do the numbers say i mean i remember back in the day if you're talking about a couple of iu products with victor and uh cody zeller battling it out like they they basically pushed each other challenged each other in those drills to beat one another um and made each other better in that way if you're jalen huchafino you think you're a lottery pick you don't want to screw anything up you want to i'd be curious uh if they take if he takes um um it participates rather in in the scrimmages that go on. Some guys elect not to, and I believe moving forward after this year, um, there, there's more of a requirement of what players must participate in. That's part of the new CBA that's yet to be released, but some details have trickled out. They want to take it more serious because, for example, a guy like Jaden Ivey, supposed to talk to the media last year, supposed to take part in all the drills and stuff. And then presumably based on what his agents was telling them and what his agent had heard, they said, you know what, we're not really going to do anything. We're going to sit this one out. And so they're trying to keep away from that. So there's about 78 different guys that will participate. The only big name that's not going to be there is the number one name, Victor Wimbanyama. He's still playing overseas, so he's not expected. But Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, all the rest of the names, uh, are set to be there. We'll see how much they participate in them. Uh, Webb and Yama, though, I, let's be real, Scott. He doesn't need to be there. I hate to say that, but I mean he's going to oh, be number one. You know, I mean, health. <laughs> other than other than devastating injury, he is the number one pick. Now, it feels to me like Scott Agnes, by the way, is our guest on the Payless Cigars Hotline. You can hear Scott later on this program, by the way, or on this radio station, I should say, again later today uh, at noon. But Scott, it seems to me like if you look at the Indiana players of interest in the draft process, that the next couple of weeks are probably most critical for Jackson Davis or Edie, for example, and not Hood Shafino. Because if Hood Shafino goes out and through workouts or whatever else does not perform well, I think that it doesn't impact him as much because he is still young and raw enough that it is his prototypical body type and his body agility and control that are putting him in the position where he is because he is a draft based on where you think he is going to end up guy and there's going to be the thought process that Jackson Davis and Edie have already hit the maximum of what they can provide and they've and they're going to have to show beyond that does that make sense what I'm saying yeah, it does, Jake. I mean, you look at it, we just had the NFL draft. We're moving towards the NBA draft. What are they drafting on? Potential. That's why you're talking about all of these guys. And so the more developed, a guy like Trace Jackson Davis, where I thought all along going back after his freshman year where he would really pop, would be in these pre-draft workouts. So you, a guy like him, and I don't know to the extent Zach Eady will want to do this or will he make a decision before then, but uh, a guy like 
Trace Jackson Davis fans should know, or should probably be prepared to travel to 20 different cities over, you know, a month-long span. So he's not going to know what day it is or where he's at and just go through workout after workout after workout, three-on-three. You go out to lunch, maybe a dinner the night before with the team, quick interview, and then you're on to the next city. And I think that's where... Trace can really make the largest impression. How does he outwork or compete against the guys in which he's included in those um, in the scrimmages with? How does he impress upon his basketball knowledge? Because we've seen him. There's a much more uh, larger body of work, right, from his college days versus uh, Jalen Hood Shafino. So, yeah, I would completely agree. Um, the other thing is teams will want to see maybe more. You know, for example, I was I'm still stunned. We only saw. A trace attempt a three and and three uh, excuse me in one of his four seasons. That's it. None this year, for example, a year where he almost knew he was going to go pro afterwards. So if I'm a team, I want to see what kind of outside shot he he has. What does his mid range jumper look like? Because so much he was so dominant back to the basket and in the post that why go away from it? Well, in turn, I want to see that if I'm an NBA team. Scott Agnes is with us here from Fieldhouse Files. Scott, last one from me. Um, I believe, I think you had this, the Pacers right now are kind of in like a voluntary part of some off-season workouts, but it looked like they had a nice turnout uh, with Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin, among others, over at the facility this week. Yeah, so this is what one of two optional developmental weeks, Rick, Rick Carlisle called it uh, a while ago, uh, that they had planned and, and wanted to do. I think the other one starts June 12th, where... Guys obviously don't have to come in. It's it's not like it's available to media or anything like this. It's pure off-season workouts, and most people wouldn't even know about it if not uh, for Pacers sharing photos about it. And from those photos, you're right. It appears like it's a very good turnout of all those young guys. The fi- fact that Tyrese Halliburton's there and taking place along with Ben and you know uh, Jordan Wara. That you know, and Daniel Tice is the lone exception of the guys I wouldn't have expected, only because he's a veteran. However, he's got to get get going and tuned up for FIBA basketball. Um, and so this is a perfect time for, for him to get some reps in there. But this is a good sign of, of guys that get along and want to hang out more in the offseason when they really don't have to. You know, last question here, Scott. Kevin brought this up earlier, and I thought it was a great point. If you look at tonight's games in the NBA, and you know, two great games, obviously, Boston, Philly, Denver, Phoenix. In terms of head-to-head mascot matchups, this is pretty solid. Now, Jeez. the Sixers have that. What, what is he exactly? Is he, he's like a red and blue dog of some sort. Is that what he is? He's kind of like a, a, a boomer type character. Is that right? That's what it looks like. Yeah, okay. I'm not exactly uh, I'm not exactly sure, but that's what it, it appears to be. Now, do the Celtics have Scott? If you need to hang up and prep for noon, do they, to three do they today, have like a little leprechaun fella? The Celtics. I don't, so so Sixers win that. But I'll tell you what. You get over into this matchup in the West, and Kevin brought this up, and and. Of the epiphanies Kevin's had on this show, this is towards the top. You go Rocky versus the uh, Gorilla, uh, this is pretty serious and stout. Now, I, I personally believe Rocky is the greatest mascot in the history of mascots, but okay. but the Gorilla is kind of the OG. So, w- w- which way are you tipping the scale? OG here? Ananobi, you going to transition to an Ananobi <laughs> question here? On- <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I-, I think this is fascinating. Hey, you brought it up. I'm just saying. Rocky, the goat, but Phoenix, the gorilla, the original. So, which one do you go with, Scott? 
I would go with the gorilla because that's the, I have a first memory of going to a Phoenix Suns game and, and having to absolutely see that gorilla out there. I think the Bulls mascot would be my number one across the league. Benny the Bull? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks He's for coming on. He's always up to something. He's <laughs> sneaky. Okay, I, I can Jake live with that. Jake will be waiting for you in the lobby I like ordering, today. but I'm telling you, there's Benny no one. An agitator. He would dump popcorn on you, Jake. I think that's why you don't like him, because you wouldn't trust him. Listen, that's how Rocky is, though. Rocky is sneaky, <laughs> like you don't know where he's coming from. Rocky, I'm telling you, Rocky is the man. Benny the Bull smoke a J with you outside the United Center, though. That's that, Looked it up. That's, that's a fact. Wow. Hey, one fun fact here to end it here. How about Boomer, by the way? Guy's been doing it 25 years. It's absolute it's legend. Still incredible. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I truly don't understand it. The backflips, the climbing, like, it, it, he does a great job. Oh, but I mean, Boomer. absolutely. No question. Boomer's Absolute legend. Scott, thank you, especially for the last couple of minutes. Appreciate that. Excuse me? <laughs> you bet. Thanks, guys.